Getting into this as always to remind you that this podcast will contain adult language and adult themes. In addition, we are covering folkloric tales today. And one of the things to remember is that within oral tradition and different folkloric tales, the version of the story I tell you will be different than the version that you might have heard as a child. And neither of those are definitively correct or incorrect. Um, if you have variations of the story that you learned as a child and you want to reach out to me, you're welcome to do so at Instagram. You can find me at White Trash Historian. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cavalcade of Tales. Uh, normally this is the part where I have some fun music playing and I do a cold open, but uh, I'm doing today's episode a little differently. So this week I am doing a fun thing. Uh, this is a historian tries to recall, and I'm telling the story of Vasilisa the Brave. Uh, which is a Baba Yaga story. That's right. We're telling a Baba Yaga tale today. So I'm going to go through the story and just kind of do anecdotal little bits here and there uh, in a similar vein as the uh, recalling the plots of uh, Ku Cullen or uh, the Arthurian canon. And I hope you guys enjoy this. And uh, I'm really excited. So we're just going to get right into it. So once upon a time, in Tsarist Russia, there was a young girl named Vasilisa, and she was very beautiful. Because of course she is, that's how all these stories start. You have to have a beautiful young woman. And in the same vein as all these stories start, she had a loving mother and father, but then the mother died. Feeling bad for her daughter, she gave her a doll, and she said, if you ever run into hardships or troubles, Give the doll a little bit of food and a little bit of water, and tell it your worries, and everything will be okay. The father, wasting no time, because this is Tsarist Russia, and he's gotta get shit done, and he can't raise his own child, because God fucking forbid, uh, he remarries. And the stepmother has her own daughter, and doesn't like that her daughter, frankly, isn't as pretty as Vasilisa. So... One day, when the father goes out on a business trip, the grungy stepmother goes and she t puts out all the fires in the home. And she's like, Vasilisa, I need you to go into the woods and beg for fire from Baba Yaga. Now, this is where our story gets its classification because uh, this is a Baba Yaga story, not because she is the chief... Um, character, but she is the chief antagonist. Baba Yaga is related to fire because she is related to the home and the hearth, so it is not unheard of to think of her as this figure you can get fire from. She's also um, thought of as like it, like a mistress of the bathhouse, because that in the Slavic nations, uh, the heated bathhouse would be a great place to give birth because it was the place you can get warm water and um, also have what you need there to deliver a baby because I think the last thing you want to do when you're delivering a child is you know the arctic winds on you on your bits so so Vasilisa decides because you know what else is she going to do she's going to go into the woods and beg for fire however the woods are big and scary because this is a fairy tale so you don't know, you know, those two blinking cartoon eyes in a bush could be a wolf, could be a rabbit, there's no telling. But then, Vasilisa hears a noise and she hides in a bush. And what rides past her is a knight uh, clad in white 
out riding a white steed. So she's just like, okay, that's a bit fucking weird. Uh, riding a horse in the woods in the dark, it's uh, not a good place for that. And she keeps going. Then she goes another place, she hides, and this time it's a knight ridden in red on a, upon a, like, cop, not copper horse, um, tawny horse, I think that's the word I want. It's like a, it's like a reddish brown horse, and he's riding through the forest, and Vasilis is like, what, are they doing night training in the fucking forest now? What is this shit? So she keeps going. Here's a noise, she hides, she's like, mm, I wonder what color scheme this knight's gonna be. Sure enough, a knight rides by clad in black armor upon a black steed. And she's just like, oh, if this wasn't, you know, in a fa fairy tale before a certain time, I could, I would worry that that's one of the four horsemen of death, but we're still dealing in some more, you know, pagan traditions, so these are probably just forest spirits, and it's a good thing I hid from them. Uh, she's got to hide from a leshy callback to previous episodes. Um, so she's going through the forest, and all of a sudden she comes across a little hut in the woods, and there is a house atop two chicken legs that is constantly spinning. Then around the house is a tree that with gnarled branches, a guard dog. Inside the window she can see a large cat, and then there is a rusty gate with flaming skulls all around it. This is the abode of Baba Yaga. Now the smart thing to have done is to try to grab a skull and fucking run and get out of there. However, Vasilisa is a responsible little girl, so she enters the premises, and the dog starts barking and alerts its owner. So arriving from a screen left comes Baba Yaga, riding in her standard mode of transport, a mortar and pestle. Um, this has to do, again, with a lot of the motherly nature and, like, constructive tasks of womanhood that Baba Yaga is related to. You know, you would use a mortar and pestle um, sometimes to grind up grain or grind herbs. Uh, she uses it for transport, but... So Baba Yaga, her description is very interesting because she is this grotesque bony woman with, like, every time it's described she has large pendulous breasts, hooked nose, potentially metal teeth. She's all just bone, sinew, and saggy tits, like this truly gross beast. And that's because she is meant to be this symbol of, like, fecundity gone terribly to its extremes. Like, Baba Yaga is this woman who she is, pat she is, you know, the maiden mother hag. She is fully in hag zone, which, like, hashtag goals to be a hag, I wish. Because um, she's given birth so many times, that's why her breasts are sagging. That's why she has no weight on her bones. That's why she's ornery and she's just trying to live in the woods and not deal with fucking people. Which, again, hashtag goals. But it, she's meant to be this gross, unfuckable hag. And she comes and she corners Vasilisa. She's like, what the fuck do you want? And Vasilisa's like, I've been sent here to beg for fire. And Bobby Yaga's like, oh, okay. That, I, could, I could part with some fire. 
but first, you're gonna have to do something for me. So Baba Yaga faces her home, and she's just like, House, turn your face to me, and you're back upon the sea. Now, a lot of people will know this rhyme, because uh, in the various Baba Yaga stories, since her house is constantly rotating on chicken legs, you have to say an incantation to get it to stop so you could enter the home. Um, and so she leads Vasilisa inside. And she's just like, alright, first things first, you're gonna do the spinning, you're gonna cook me some dinner, and then we'll go from there. You know, you're, I'm, I'm putting you to work. So Vasilisa does the spinning, she cooks her some soup, Baba Yaga's like, okay, cool, um, soup isn't gonna be enough, bitch, uh, there's a turkey in the ice chest, make me that. So she makes it the turkey, and Baba Yaga's like, good. Now, here's some bread for dinner, and a glass of water. When you wake up, I have the following tasks for you. You're going to, uh, make me a pumpkin soup for dinner with some, uh, uh, deer meat. You're going to sweep the kitchen and the hearth, and you're going to take the this sack of poppy seeds and separate the uh, pop, the dirt from the poppy seeds. If any of these tasks are not finished by the time I come home for dinner tomorrow, you will be dinner. I will eat you. So then Baba Yaga ret- retires to her chambers. Vasilisa looks at her meal and thinks about her task list, and she just starts to have herself a good cry. And she's just like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. But then she remembers what her mother told her. And she gets the little doll out of her pocket, gives it a few crumbs of bread and a little bit of water. And she said, oh, doll, I have no idea what I'm going to do. There's no way I can separate all the poppy seeds from the dirt in this bag, along with sweeping the hearth out and doing and making a deer and pumpkin soup before Baba Yaga gets back. I'm surely going to die here. And the doll magically comes to life and she's like, okay, look, you have yourself asleep. I will take care of the stuff and you, everything's going to be okay. Um, So now here's one of those places where the two stories differ. Um, And and I'm going to weave a few together. So in terms of the uh, scene, of separating the poppy seeds from the dirt what the doll does is she calls upon the assistance of the mice while the cat is asleep to help to use their tiny little hands to sift out the poppy seeds from the dirt while the mice are busy at their task uh, Vasilisa wakes and sees a white knight standing by the uh, hearth and similar to the one she saw in the woods But when she kind of, you know, gets out of her brain fog from first waking up, the night is gone, but the chores are all done. There's a bubbling soup on the oven, the hearth is clean, and the mice have helped her separate the seeds from the um, dirt. So Baba Yaga comes home and she's just like, alright then. So, good work. Uh, Here's your bread and... You know what? For a job well done, here's some bread cheese and some cheese with your bread, with your water for dinner. Tomorrow, I expect um, the all the grass to be cut to a third of an inch, 
I want all of my books of sorcery sorted, and I want you to separate the chaff from this large bag of grain. Again, if you do not get this all done by the time I come home tomorrow evening, I will eat you. So she goes to bed, Vasilis is like, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna cry again, because that's all I can fucking do. Because for some reason this witch just has Sisyphean tasks on the regular. But then she remembers, oh yeah, magic doll. So she gives the doll a little bit of food and a little bit of water. You know, a little bit of cheese. The doll wakes. She's like, hey, what's up? And she's just like, I have to cut all the grass to a specific height. I have to sort books. I have to sort shit, the wheat. I don't know if I'm going to get this all done in time. And she's like, well, quit your crying. Why don't you go to sleep, go to bed. And when you wake up, we'll figure this out and we'll get through this. It's going to be okay. So when Vasilisa wakes up, she looks outside and she sees a red knight out there trimming the lawn. And then she looks over and her doll had summoned the birds to assist with the sorting of the bad wheat, the chaff from the wheat. So Vasilisa goes and she starts separating, you know, organizing the books and everything gets done in time for Baba Yaga to come home. Baba Yaga's like, oh, okay, interesting, good work. You know, you're, I'll make a fine woman out of you yet. Uh, so tomorrow will be our last day of tasks. Um, and, but it's going to start tonight. I want you to count every star that is in the sky. And I want to wake up to a breakfast of ham and eggs. And I want you to make sure that the dog is fed and the cat has had her milk and the tree is tied up in ribbons and that the gate is oiled. So Baba Yaga goes to sleep. Uh, Vasilisa goes outside, starts trying to count the stars, but then she gets confused because she's she counting the same one twice and she can't eat, see all the stars because there's a cloud over there and she's like, fuck me, I'm going to get through this. So Vasilisa, um, ever the strong female character, uh, sits down and starts to cry. Uh, because she never thinks of the doll first. She thinks, I'm just going to sit here and cry because I'm being forced to come to terms with my own humanity. But then, of course, she remembers, oh yeah, magic doll. So she puts, brings out the magic doll, gives it a little food, a little water, and the doll's like, okay, listen, regardless of whether you want to succeed at these tasks or not, it's important to take care of Baba Yaga's minions because... They need to be taken care of, otherwise you're not going to be able to leave, even if you wanted to escape before she came home by not completing the tasks. So yes, tie up the tree. So start by tying up the tree in ribbons, oil the gate, give the dog a bone, and give the cat some milk. I will figure out something about the star counting. So she's like, why don't you get some sleep? So Vasilisa goes to bed. She wakes up. She starts... Well, she also has to cook breakfast, because I added that bit. But she makes the breakfast. She gives... She goes about her other tasks. Baba Yaga is, And when she goes out to tie the ribbons on the tree, she sees the Black Knight is waiting beneath the tree. So she goes up to the knight, and the knight whispers in her ear the number of stars in the sky. Which is a very big, specific number that I do not know. 
And what's really funny is in the versions of the tale that I referenced real quick to make sure I was getting all the story beats right, it says it's a very big and large number and I'm not going to bore you with it, but just know she had the correct number. So after completing all her tasks, she goes to Baba Yaga and Baba Yaga looks at her and is like, hmm, all right, breakfast was good. I can see the other tasks were done. And then before Baba Yaga finishes, she just shouts out the number of the stars in the sky. And Baba Yaga looks at her and she's like, okay, something fucking hinky is going on here. How did you do that? (laughs) And Vasilisa is like, I'm a proper little girl. Are you accusing me of cheating? And Baba Yaga's like, no, I want to know. Because if you have been cheating, even even if you had been cheating, I would applaud your ingenuity at being able to solve my tasks and be clever. If you weren't cheating, I need to know how someone can, a little girl like you can accomplish these multiple Sisyphean tasks I've given you. So there's a couple of ways the story goes. The first is Vasilisa says, I have been blessed with the gift of my mother's. To which Baba Yaga's like, perfect, grab your shit, get the fuck out. I will not have anybody be blessed in this household. Because Baba Yaga, uh, some believe Baba Yaga is a holdover nature spirit. And that she is, will not have anybody who is blessed in her fucking house. No way, no how. None of this blessing shit the other version is that Vasilisa protests saying look why does it matter how I did your tasks I got them done and Bobby Yaga's like okay you're right what the fuck ever this is boot camp for little girls to learn skills that will make them into proper Russian women um, you may take your fire and leave so as Vasilisa is leaving she gives a little food and a little water to the doll and asks her how did we complete all those tasks because now i'm curious because baba yaga made a big deal about it and the ta- and the doll's like honey you did all the tasks yourself the nights you saw were merely representations of the amount of time it would take so the night of white was a day the night of red was from sunrise to sunset and the night of dark was the whole evening i merely made i merely made it seem like no time had passed but in actuality you had completed your tasks yourself uh, which gives vasilisa the confidence she needs so she gets back to her home and her stepmother and stepsister are there being like Holy fucking shit, it has been three goddamn days. We cut all the fire out, and we've been freezing to death. It is Scandinavia, it is, you know, Slavic area. It's not necessarily Scandinavia. It is the Slavic areas. I'm cold as fuck. Where's that fire, Vasilisa, you fucking twit? And then when Vasilisa shows the flaming skull, I shit you not, two laser beams shoot from the skull's eyes reducing her stepmother and stepsister to ash for being bitches after that Vasilisa's father comes home sees that his stepwife and stepdaughter are have been reduced to ash asks Vasilisa what's going on Vasilisa regales him with her tail and he's like okay then 
well, shit, okay, I didn't, you know, you are my daughter, and I don't appreciate my daughter being abused by her stepmother, so maybe I should just fucking take the time to raise you myself. However, Vasilisa has already gotten a quality girl's education from Baba Yaga. So she's already knows how to spin, how to cook, how to clean, how to separate good grain from bad grain, you know, the like. So one day she's spinning thread and she notices that the skull that the fire is blood was nearby. So she uses it to light what she can see because it's, you know, it's the winter. So there's not a lot of sunlight. And as the fire of the skull uh, looks down upon her spinning, the thread that she's you know spinning, because it's, uh, think of the spinning wheel from Sleeping Beauty, and there's like a spindle on the side, so what she's doing is she's like feeding it the thread and doing like the foot pedal, and it goes around the circle and makes it into one strand of thread. As she's doing that, the thread turns into a beautiful golden color that she then sews into a shirt to sell at market. So when Vasilisa goes to market, she tries to sell the clothing to the shop, and he's just like, I cannot accept the this quality of fabric. No. This is the kind of stuff that a czar should wear. I'm going, if you don't mind, I'm going to take this, and I will go sell it to the imperial court, and then I will come back and give you the money you are owed. Um, and like... Before you get out up on arms, this is he like she trusts this clothing seller. He's not gonna fuck her over. I mean, he might take a little bit as like a you know traveler's fee, but like he's not gonna be like, oh, they only paid four dollars and kept in like pocket like five hundred. Like he's he's on the up and up. So he goes to the czar Ivan, and Ivan's like this is the most beautiful thing I have ever fucking seen. Who's, who weaves this? And the uh, clothing seller is like, oh, well, this was wove by Vasilisa the Beautiful. And so Ivan was like, okay, I'm going to test this Vasilisa the Beautiful to see if she is worthy of becoming the Tsarina. What I want you to do is I will buy these clothing here's the money. I also wish to commission another, a suit of the same quality, a three-piece suit. I want to see each individual piece one at a time. If she is able to make me three more pieces of this quality, then tell her she will be greatly rewarded. The gross part about this is that thing that kings do where they're just like, obviously the greatest reward is to be married to me because I'm the fucking king. And, uh, there's no telling if the Ivan in the story is Ivan the Terrible, which means it won't fucking end up well for her. But my Russian history is a little shaky. So, the clothes seller brings money back to Vasilisa, and he's like, Vasilisa, oh my fucking god. Okay, the king loved your shit. He loved it so much, he wishes to commission a three-piece suit. And Vasilisa's like, what's a three-piece suit? This happened before the... This it could be potentially before the reign of Charles II, so I don't know what a three-piece suit is. And he's like, "Look, it doesn't fucking matter. Just make a suit with three pieces of clothing. Do like pants, shirt, and fucking over jacket." Uh, he wants one piece at a time, made of the same quality material you made this one out of. And then he says, "After the suit is made, you will get a wonderful reward." 
And Vasilisa's is like, I could give a wonderful reward to my poor father who has had to raise me all these times of years, like it, even though it's his fucking job. So, off Vasilisa goes and she's off to work, spinning some thread. There's a little bit of pressure because she is, you know, worried because this is for the czar and if she fucks up, well, there's going to be hell to pay probably. So, in true Vasilisa fashion, she does herself a bit of a cry, talks to the doll, and the doll's like, look, just relax, breathe, you know what you're doing, you're a fine seamstress, you learned your, you learned how to spin from Baba Yaga, you know the flames of Baba Yaga's house have some sort of magical property, otherwise it did, you know, that turns the silk into, that turns your wool to silk or whatever. Just relax, don't over-fucking-think it, you're gonna be fine. And Vasilis is like, that is exactly the type of pep talk I needed. And off she goes onto her spinning wheel. First, she makes the jacket. She sews the jacket. She makes, she leaves the space for buttons because she does not have the type of fancy metals that would go on a, uh, to make buttons fit for a czar. But she leaves the space available so that buttons could be attached. And she then brings it to the uh, clothing seller. She's like, here's the jacket. I don't have fancy metals to make the buttons with. And the um, sword, the clothing sword, the clothes seller <laughs> was just like, boo-boo, I got you. I'm really excited for this. And you have always been a kind friend to me. So he produces two golden buttons that they quickly attach to the jacket. And then he, this clothing seller brings it to the czar. And he's like, here, Ozar, is the jacket of your three-piece suit. And Ivan's just like, this looks amazing. It also seems very well insulated, which is great because uh, I am the Tsar of Russia, which means it's fucking cold up here. So having a well-insulated jacket is great. 10 out of 10, tell her to keep up the good work. So the clothing seller goes back to Vasilisa and he's like, he's already bit great. He already loves it. 10 out of 10, we're going to keep going. Um, I'm going to give you to help out. Here are some buttons that are made of ivory. And Vasilisa's is like, ooh, isn't ivory a bit problematic because it's made from animals? And he's like, listen, we're going to do what we fucking can. Uh, conspicuous consumption for a czar and our. And like, like, do you want this or not? And she's like, I will take it. Thank you. She's like, even though it is ethically wrong. So, in she goes. She's like, okay, time to make the shirt. Do I do long sleeve? Do I do short sleeve? And she's like, long sleeve, obviously. He's in Russia. It's going to be fucking cold there. Uh, so she begins spinning the thread, making the shirt. She makes the beautiful shirt with ivory buttons. She brings it to the um, clothing seller. And she's like, here, I saved a button for the pants. Um, I'm still going on record as I don't approve of ivory use. And the friggin' clothing so he's like listen get off get off your goddamn high horse we're doing this for a fucking czar <laughs> just for that no gifts for the final one you're gonna have to do the pants all on your own he goes he brings the uh shirt to the czar ivan's like this is a beautiful shirt long sleeve which is great because again it's fucking cold up here in russia he looks at the buttons they're like ivory buttons an interesting choice white on white can be a bit weird uh but it works it works and he's uh, the clothing seller is like, what is everybody's fucking deal with ivory right now? Um, <laughs> and the czar's like, what was that? He's like, nothing, nothing. Anyway, 
Um, I will go let Vasilisa know that she is okay for the pants. And he's like, yes, the pants are the final step. If she can make me beautiful pants, then I will visit. Once you bring me the beautiful pants, I will visit her myself in her suit. And that is the suit I will use to propose to her. And uh, this cool thing show is like, that is fucking adorable. And the Tsar's like, I thought so. You know, off you pop. <laughs> a very British saying for a Russian Tsar. So the clothing seller goes and he's like, all right, Vasilisa, everything's going great. Bring up the pants and you will be in the good graces of the czar. So Vasilisa goes home, it's time to make the pants and she's just like, okay, gotta make the pants. Um, I'll make the, I don't wanna make like Jinkos, which don't exist yet because I don't know like how much the czar is packing with but i probably should make sure to leave a little more room than i think just to like boost his ego uh so she makes she spins the thread she makes the beautiful pair of pants she uses the last ivory button on his pants and she's like the zipper i don't have anything fancy for the zipper and the fucking clothing seller won't help me anymore because i had ethical choices against his ivory shit so she starts crying because Vasilisa's one great skill is crying. And she's like, oh, fuck, right, the doll. So she goes, she feeds the doll. The doll's just like, why are you always crying before you come to me for this shit? Like, you're wasting so much water and hydration on yourself because you constantly just think your first desk is, start crying. And then, oh, yeah, I've got the doll that will help all my problems. And Vasilisa's like, I don't love, if you're a doll that helps all my problems, why is your first move to sass me? Uh, I have to... These pants are the final step in this three-piece thing for the king. And I don't have anything fancy to make the medals to make the uh, fucking pants with. Or to make the zipper with. Because I can't just use, like, copper on, a, on a, like, a czar's pants. I can't use some basic bitch metal. And the doll is like, okay, th it's time to ask your dad for help. And she's like, I can't ask Dad for help because I wanted this to be a surprise to him because the great reward I'll get from the Tsar was supposed to be a gift to him for being good to raising me, even though it's his job to do because he's my fucking father. And the doll's like, look, just talk to your dad. It'll be fine. So Vasilisa goes to her father and tells her all the predicament that she's been, you know, selling clothing to the Tsar and she's, and she's been commissioned to make this three-piece suit. She's already made two pieces. She has to do the last one. However, she doesn't have any fancy metals to make a zipper out of that are worthy of the czar. And her father's like, oh, okay, I got you. So what he does is he goes to his old military uniform and pulls off some of the gold-plated buttons that he had received. And he's like, we'll melt these down and we'll make a zipper. And she's like, papa, no, don't ruin your stuff for me. And he's just like, you are my daughter and I love you. And this is something you want to do and something you're working on and I will gladly help you. Plus, if we can get you in with the Tsar, we'll be on Easy Street. And she's like, thank you, Papa. So they make a zipper out of the gold-plated buttons and make a zipper for the pants. She delivers the pants to the sword seller. Why do I keep wanting to say sword seller? The clothing seller, who doesn't have any weapons, even though my brain keeps wanting me to give him weapons. And he's like, perfect. Nice work on the gold plating on the... Uh, you know, zipper. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, do you think there's enough room for the czar's dick in these pants? And she's just like, I put in extra room just to be safe. And he's like, good girl. So she brings 
So the sailor brings the pants to the czar. The czar is tickled pink. He's like, these pants are great. Uh, plenty of crotch room. Um, this is it. I'm going to put on the suit and I need you to lead me to the home of Vasilisa. And the clothing seller is like, um, there's a problem with that. And he's like, what's the fucking problem? I am the czar. I will kill you for fun. And the clothing seller is like, I don't know where she lives. And he's like, you've been doing business with her for years and you have, and you, you know, talk of her quality craft and yet you have no fucking clue where she actually lives. And he's like, listen, this is a strictly business relationship. We're not like we're friends. Like we're friendly, but we're not friends. And he's like, God fucking damn it. He's like, okay, new plan. I'm going to get dressed tomorrow. It's like, what you're gonna, here's what you're going to do. I'm getting in this suit. You're going to tell her to meet you by the big fountain in the center square and instead I will meet her there and if you cock this up so help me god I will put your head on a frozen icicle and the clothes and seller's like yes yes sir so he goes and he delivers Vasilisa the message and he says um I do not your reward will be tomorrow I will have you meet me in the town square um might I suggest uh wearing yourself a pretty dress tomorrow um you know, no reason, just a, a good idea, perhaps. And so Vasilisa goes home, and she looks at her clothing, and all her clothing should, because she's a poor peasant girl with that. And she's like, what am I going to do? And she's like, should I start crying, or do I talk to the doll again? And for the first time in this entire story, Vasilisa's like, I will just go straight to the doll, I will skip my crying skip. So she gets the doll and she's just like, what am I going to do? I'm supposed to get this big reward from the czar tomorrow, but I don't have anything nice to wear. And the doll is just like, are, are you a fucking idiot? You just made glorious clothing for the czar. Just make yourself a dress tonight, you stupid bitch. Uh, and then Vasilis is like, you are a very mean doll to me. And the doll's like, look, sometimes mean is what works. So Vasilisa makes herself a beautiful dress and she, you know, she goes the extra step because normally all the stuff she's been making is like a off-white golden color. But she's like, if the king shows up and looks at the suit and I'm wearing something made of the same material, he could get insulted. So I'll dye my pink because I'm a lady. And everybody knows that the pink fairy should have won in the fight in that Sleeping Beauty movie that doesn't come out yet because this is medieval times or whatever. So Vasilisa dyes her, you know, dress pink. She leaves it out to dry. And the following day, she puts it on, goes to meet who she thinks she's meeting, the clothing seller at the fountain. Uh, she sits, she waits, and then fanfare and the um, czar appears. I can't believe I almost forgot the word czar. <laughs> the czar appears and he's like, are you Vasilisa? And she's just like, yes, am I in trouble? And he's like, and she's like, I see you like the suit I made you. He's like, it's very nice, three-piece suits. I can see them coming into Vogue. And she's like, what's Vogue? And he's like, something that's not going to exist for centuries. But it's very pretty, and I like it. And he's like, such a beautiful and talented seamstress. I have just the thing for you. And he gets down on one knee, and he's like, will you marry me? And she's like, I, yes, I, 
I don't know you, but I could do worse than marrying the Tsar. And he's like, you're damn right, you could do fucking worse. Uh, like, you could refuse me and be dead. And she's like, what a great power dynamic to start our relationship on. Of course I'll marry you. <laughs> so Vasilisa marries the Tsar and be bestows upon her father bounties of land and wealth as a thank you for raising him, even though it's a fucking job. And they, her and the Tsar live happily ever after. And that is Vasilisa of the Brave. Alright, before we wrap things up today, I'm going to do a quick ad. Um, asking you guys to support on Patreon. Uh, starting in August, um, which is going to be only a couple weeks away, we will be switching uh, to uh, ads in the episodes from the podcast distributor I use. And in addition to that, there will also be um i am revamping the patreon a little bit so at your five dollar subscription which will be the lowest tier you get access to a discord the uh you will get uh access to the we don't talk about book club book club which uh, chooses new books every month uh the book for july was the five uh untold stories of the victims of jack the ripper um but uh, nobody's on the patreon yet so that book didn't get read and i didn't bother um however since it's going to be August by the time the next episode goes up <clears throat> I'm doing a fiction book for the next one and the reason I chose the Baba Yaga episode this week is because the next week's book is The Witch and the Tsar by Olesya Slanovka Gilmore this is a modern reimagining of the Baba Yaga story and discussing uh, the relationship between Baba Yaga and the Tsar Ivan um, it's a glorious book. I can't wait to read it. Um, is this an excuse to make me force me to read a book? Um, maybe, but sometimes you gotta do what you do when you're an adult in a busy lifestyle and you need to rip yourself away from playing Final Fantasy sixteen nonstop. Um, I'm also adding a new Patreon perk. Uh, people at the $5 tier may also ask questions that I will answer at the beginning of each episode, whether it be folkloric, historical, or whatever. I will do a little bit of research, and I will get that re question answered at the beginning of each episode. In addition, patrons will get episodes early. So the current plan I have is that episodes will continue to release on Tuesdays, and sometime uh, you'll get them a day early at the latest. You'll get them on Monday. Um, I'll be recording episodes on Sunday and then just making sure they're up for Monday. So yeah, support the podcast. You get early ad-free episodes. You get the chance to ask questions. I'll be answered live on air. You get to jo join and help create a Discord community. And uh, there'll be a fun book club. And again, that book is The Witch and the Tsar by Oleska Salonova Gilmore. And yeah, um, so I will be revamping those things, and both of those things will be ready and live by August 1st. Uh, all right, uh, plug over. All right, so that was Vasilisa the Brave. Um, there's a few bits and pieces I wanted to talk about that I didn't really go into or like slightly mentioned in the story that I just wanted to kind of cover in this last episode, bit of the episode, uh, which this might be a shorter episode than normal. Um, but in the episode I talked about, like, joked around saying that Baba Yaga's house is like a boot camp, um, because there's a lot of different tales where women are sent to Baba Yaga's house as a means of 
like the tasks that they are given in order to survive their encounters with Baba Yaga are the domestic tasks that women would need to learn in order to survive in Slavic areas and nations. And since fairy tales are partially a means of like delivering like instruction on like what a culture deems significant for certain aspects of society, it would be important for them, those who were telling the tale, to be like, look, it's important for little girls to learn that they're going to need to know how to spin and how to cook and how to clean. And that's just stuff they're going to need to know to survive in general. Forget Slavic areas or anything. This is the, you know, medieval period or whatever. They're going to need to know these tasks. Um, real quick, I probably should have mentioned a Sisyphean task, for anybody who doesn't know, is a uh, play on the Greek myth of Sisyphus. Sisyphus was a man who was cursed in uh, Hades, and he has to constantly push a boulder up a hill, but anytime he makes any like real progress or gets close to getting to the top of the hill, the boulder rolls back down. So a Sisyphean task is a task that is so incredibly difficult that it is almost impossible to contribute to succeed um a lot of the things that come up about baba yaga's metal teeth have to do with the fact that she is a cannibal and her constant threats to eat to vasilisa are not new she often will threaten to eat uh, her victims and the young people she prefers children and women uh, but in a pinch you know a dumbass man can do one thing that doesn't come up a lot in the Vasilisa story that comes up in other Baba Yaga stories is that there's kind of there's more than one Baba Yaga like Baba Yaga is a collective kind of so what it is is like in certain stories Baba Yaga will like help a hero rather than hurt them because it's like oh you're so-and-so probably Ivan because everybody's fucking named Ivan uh, oh Ivan you're married to my daughter so as your mother-in-law I will assist you here is this thread. It will help you through the forest. It will lead you to my sister, Baba Yaga, and she will be able to help you further on your task. Um, there are some stories that also talk about Baba Yaga being a trio of sisters, because as we know, three is a very magical number. Um, or I could uh, liken back to the three fates, the three weird sisters from Macbeth, you know, all over the place, you know. Three old women in a group are always, you know, going to be something. And, but yeah, Baba Yaga is an amazing character. I love her to bits. Um, also, like, goals. Like, uh, to live, to have your own house in the woods where you could just either help or kill people who wander by completely on the whim of yourself and who you're related to. Just, God, fucking goals. Um, a couple things to note. The reason that Baba Yaga's house is on chicken legs is um, it could be... Um, reference to how grain since she has some affinities with grain how housing with grain you would actually put that housing on stilts because it made it harder for mice to get into which is a fun little thing um, you've probably seen Baba Yaga in something in fiction she's a very common evil witch figure she I've heard she might be in The Witcher 3 I haven't played a lot of The Witcher 3 so I can't I cannot confirm nor deny. I'm sure someone will let me know. Probably at least. Um, she's uh, for any of you old school Facebook people. If you remember the f uh, f fucking freemium game on Facebook that was like a vampire game, there was a whole mini boss section where you had to fight Baba Yaga, and that 
That's a deep fucking cut. I don't even remember the name of the fucking thing, but you were just a vampire. You were part of a group. You were constantly trying to get blood to upgrade your vampire and your weapons. And you had to. Ki- and one section was killing Baba Yaga. Fucking, there's a deep pull back from when anybody used Facebook. Christ, that would have been 20, uh, 2009, 2010 is from where I'm talking about. So if anybody remembers that, fucking kudos to you. Um, another one of my favorite things that Bobby Alga has appeared in, um, in season two of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the Scooby-Doo season that had a, you know, overarching plot and had to do with that whole stopping Nibiru and the Lovecraftian horrors from the beneath from killing everything. In season two, after everything's gone down and they don't have Daphne for a bit, uh, the first, one of the episodes involves Velma working with hot dog water, a character in the show, uh, who are they are confirmed were a couple um and i i funny story um so back when i was in college it was about 20 it would have been 2013 i was watching that show and i made a joke and i posted a video of the opening title sequence where hot dog water was in it and she was hugging a picture of velma in the opening and then there was also that like moment where hot dog water is at told she doesn't need to be part of the gang anymore because uh daphne's back and it's like this is a breakup i'm like this is a hundred percent like a relationship ending you cannot tell me they are gay lovers and that post randomly blew up during pride month a few like a couple years ago because the creator from scooby-doo mystery incorporated actually confirmed that they were gay lovers (laughs) so that's a win in my book (laughs) But the whole point of this tangent is that in the first, it's either the first or second episode, Velma's working with hot dog water to find a piece of the planispheric disc, and it is in a animatronic Baba Yaga house that's being run by a villain who's trying to steal Fabergé eggs. That was a long-ass tangent to get to where I was going. But yeah, um, I guess this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode this week because I don't have too much else I can talk about. Um, if you want to, he- I, th- there's one other thing I can say about Baba Yaga, but I'm actually saving that because um, I'm going to be working on a additional podcast in part of a podcast collective of the um, on the new season of Podcasters Assemble, which has Studio Ghibli movies, and I'll be saving the rest of my Baba Yaga facts for a specific episode of that. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And yeah. Um, that's it i hope you got i know this one's a little shorter than usual but um sorry i'm running out of baba yaga facts um i'm not sure what next week's will be about it there's a good chance it'll be me complaining about the greek heroes but i'm not sure i'm taking a vacation from my actual job so maybe i'll bank a couple episodes who knows um but yeah uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you guys have a good week. Um, as always, if you want to support the podcast financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash cavalcade of tales. Uh, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok at white trash historian. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.